Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video. I think just about the least malicious thing you could do would be to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, I've set up a channel membership just in case you want to show your support and help keep story time going for as long as possible. So if you love my videos or want to have your comments shown like this one by Phantasm, click the join button below this video. That said, our first story of the day is by ZeroGravity94. Boss helps abusive employee accidentally fire herself. This isn't my personal story, but it happened to a friend at his company and I thought it was hilarious. The main characters are my friend Patrick, male, then 26, Allie, female, then around 29, and Boss, male, older. Patrick and Allie worked at the same company, in the same division under Boss. Allie was abusive to all the employees in the division, but especially to Patrick, because he was the newcomer and he was talented and didn't suck up to her. Her bullying tactics included, but were not limited to, taking credit for other people's ideas, convincing Patrick that the others in the division didn't like him, attempting to ruin the careers of anyone who didn't suck up to her by preventing them from getting assigned to cool new projects, and last and worst, trying to get Patrick fired, which she almost succeeded in doing. She was so horrible to Patrick that his mental health suffered a decline. Everyone was vaguely aware of her behavior, but she hid the worst parts of it so... It was never quite obvious or bad enough to get her fired. Plus, she's also popular with the company's clients, who didn't know, and she was a favorite of one of the top people at the company. Allie seemed untouchable, until several months after the Patrick almost gets fired incident, when the company started having a conversation about moving some of their employees to contract positions. Becoming a contractor would have its pros and cons. Contractors would pay for their own health insurance and would have no job security. Being hired for individual contracts rather than a permanent employment position. But they would also be allowed to work for other companies. It was a great move for someone who was well known and wanted more visibility and options. But a lousy move for someone lower on the totem pole. Allie, who was somewhat of a narcissist who believed she was destined for greatness, waltzed into the boss's office and told him she wanted to switch to a contractor position. She believed the company couldn't get by without her and would continue hiring her while she also got to work for other companies and gain fame and visibility within the industry. Boss was all smiles and pretended to be supportive of her. This is a great career move. Think of all the options you'll have. As soon as the paperwork was signed, he never hired her for a single contract and her future with the company, the best one in the city for this particular industry, was ruined. Ali eventually found employment elsewhere, but it wasn't as good as the position she'd left. Patrick found out the second part of the story years later. He was under the impression, because of what Ali had said and how people avoided him because they knew Ali didn't like him, 
that no one was on his side and that his co-workers and boss had actually liked her. They hadn't. Turns out boss felt his hands were tied because she was a favorite of one of the top people at the company. But as soon as she gave him an out that allowed him to never have to work with her again, he took it. If you were a boss at a place and you had somebody that was working underneath you but was a fan favorite of the clients you work for, would you be secretly looking for any way you could to get this person out of there so you never have to work with them again? Or would you just try to make it work? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. This next story is by Sea of Mangroves, Impatient Coworker. I work for a t-shirt printing company and I'm the ink technician. One of the printers, we'll call D, is very egotistical and thinks too highly of himself. He's considered the fastest printer, but he has the highest flaw reports. We've had many issues regarding respect and integrity while we've worked together. So he comes to me today with a color needing to be fixed, but D is a constant hoverer. I've spoken to my managers many times about it, nothing changes on his end. He's been told countless times to stay out of my station and not to hang out in there because he has no business being there. Anyway, back to today. He comes to me with a color and I take it and start adjusting. He's just standing there watching every move I make. I'm getting irritated at this point. No one likes to be watched so closely when they work, especially when there's better things he could be doing with his time instead of texting and posting to Instagram while he's waiting. For example, we use one gallon buckets for the ink. There was a pile of used buckets that he could have been washing while he waits. He never touches a single bucket and makes his team do it while he's texting. I snapped. I said verbatim, you can leave now, followed by a shallow, okay. Then I'm fixing another color. Today was a tough day because I had three total colors to fix, which is a little high for me. So he's just sitting on his phone next to me watching me like a hawk. Cue the compliance. He's stammering under his breath about how he's going to have to stay late because of me. Well, I just start taking my time with a simple fix. I accidentally put too much of one pigment and I have to scrap it. Start over. I did it four times. Took over an hour. He's getting agitated. I noticed this. He's hovering while I'm collaborating with a senior ink tech. I just say, man, I'll take my time to make it right also saying the color needs to be double hit. He tries to be sneaky and whisper under his breath, I'll double hit my head on the ground first. Little does he know, that color was right to begin with and he refused to go through every option before bringing it back to pre-press. All he needed to do was run the squeegee twice over to get the correct saturation. He's going to waste my time, then I will waste his. This is definitely the flaw with companies who incentivize just being the fastest at anything. I know it's a little bit more of a complicated metric to track, but it should just be the most successful person, not the fastest one, who gets all these merits because anybody can be really fast at anything. If you're willing to overlook how many errors are made along the way, I can probably read all these stories double time if you don't mind all the missed words I say. And maybe also the fact that it would be annoying, but that's not what we're worried about. Our next story is by Wasted Wonderland. We absolutely have to say goodnight every night. Get ready for some jump scares from the goodnight monster. In my family, saying goodnight every night is a big deal. How dare you pass out from exhaustion in your own bed? How dare you go to sleep in such a selfish, ruthless, and unceremonious way? This is some passive-aggressive barbarism. 
If you don't say goodnight to everyone in the entire household, the pets, the ladybugs, and the plants, how will your family know you still love them? They'll toss and turn all night long wondering what your problem is. Conflicting schedules is not an excuse, it's a safer bet to wake up a light sleeper to wish them a good night. If I go to bed without saying it, my dad will guilt trip me the next day and act upset as if he has to walk on eggshells and trying to read my mind. Acting dramatic is all heck before I've even had my coffee. Well, you just simply went to bed last night. Didn't even say goodnight. I must have said or done something terrible to offend you. I can never know what's gotten into you so sensitive. Sulking and pouting again for absolutely no reason at all, leaving me wondering, like I don't have enough to worry about. I most likely saw him sleeping in front of the TV, hugging the remote, and I decided to let him rest. Sometimes he dozes off pretty early, but he insists he's fully awake and watching the news or F1. If I don't wake him up and send him off to bed, I might find him like that in the morning. For the malicious compliance, I might quickly pop my head in the living room and say goodnight. He jumps off, tosses the remote like it's on fire, cats and dogs flying in the air, and he yells, Ah, who, what the, huh? Oh, sorry to wake you up. No, I wasn't sleeping, I'm watching F1. Oh really, who's in the lead? Go to sleep immediately, good night. Snuggles in the blanket, good night. Later that same evening as I turn off the lights in the bathroom while he's in there, good night. Oh, stop following me everywhere, this is an ambush. Am I following you, or is it an ambush? They say, go to bed this instant. I say, but I need to use the restroom. They say, oh, okay, good night. Good night. A few hours later, somehow we both meet in the kitchen for a 3 a.m. snack. He's stumbling around like a drunken pirate, and I tiptoe quietly like a cat in the dark. I see him rummaging like a demented squirrel as I approach from behind, and I whisper, Good night. High jump and a bag of croissants au chocolat hit the floor. Ah, you nearly gave me a heart attack. How dare you? I'm an old man. What is this good night? It's already tomorrow. What are you even doing here at this hour? Why aren't you asleep? Oh, sorry. Good morning. I'm here for breakfast. The most important meal of the day. He says, and you're mocking me on top of it all. Go back to sleep. I say, put that down. You have diabetes. He says, well, I have to take my bedtime pills with something. Okay, good night. Good night. When we watched the latest Magnificent Seven, we almost pissed ourselves laughing at good night, Show. And that's what we call each other sometimes, when someone's quicker on the draw. When leaving in the morning, he's often yelling, good night, instead of goodbye. Some neighbors have heard him and asked why he would say that in the morning. Long story. They must think I'm a vampire. See, in these situations where OP didn't say goodnight, why can't OP turn it around? Why can't OP say, well, I went and laid down and you didn't even say goodnight to me? For somebody that thinks it is so necessary to say goodnight before going to sleep, why is it only when other people don't come to you to say goodnight that it's a problem? When they fall asleep there with a potato chip bag in hand and they don't say goodnight to anybody else, does everybody else have the right to be offended? Some food for thought. Our next story is by Dmitry Nilovich. Hurry up and keep changing your tire? Um, okay. This was many years ago, but it sticks in my mind to this day. I had been sent to a lakeside neighborhood in my popular northwest city, a neighborhood full of hip restaurants and cutesy boutiques, to change a tire on a new BMW. This was back when all cars had a spare tire, which should tell you how long ago this was. 
I had my own tools, but for the new BMWs, it was always recommended to use the tools that came with the car, since they were less likely to cause damage. I had no problem with that, since the jack that came with the car was quite easy to use. It had a crank instead of a jack handle. The only issue was that there needed to be enough clearance between the jack and any nearby immovable objects, such as, say, a curb. This particular vehicle was parked very close to the curb. My normal standard operating procedure is to ask the customer to slowly move the car away from the curb, to avoid damage to the rim of the flat tire. No one has an issue with this, normally. The chucklehead owner of the vehicle refused to move it, claiming that it was going to ruin the tire. I told him that if he moved it slowly, it wouldn't damage anything. He wasn't buying it. I pointed out that the tire was already flat and likely needed to be replaced anyway, so no problem. He screeched at me, telling me to get on with it and change the tire because he had places to be. They sigh, so I got to it, wanting to be clear of this chump as quickly as possible. The car's jack had a very low gear ratio, requiring several turns to lift the car even an inch, but the force required to turn the crank was not excessive, enabling the user to quickly turn the crank until the car was raised sufficiently. The issue with the car being too close to the curb is that while the jack's crank has a hinge to fold it compactly when stored, the crank must be unfolded completely to provide adequate leverage to turn and lift the car. But with it so close to the curb, the bottom of the arc of the crank's movement caused the handle to just barely clear the curb. Only problem was that I was holding the crank as it came around to the curb. Not enough room between the crank handle and the curb for my fat fingers. Yes, as a matter of fact, I did skin two knuckles down to the bone with the scar still present to this day. And yes, I did use some colorful, unprofessional language. Captain Chucklehead heard this and smugly announced that he was going to report my horrifying language and get me fired. He then reiterated his desire for me to get the lead out and finish changing the tire. Oh really? See, my first aid kit was back in the truck, several dozen yards away. Well, since I didn't want to delay this person's day any longer than absolutely necessary, I just continued to change the tire, splattering crimson jewels of blood on the rim of the flat, on the spare, on the jack, on the lug wrench, on the fender. I made sure not to waste a single cell on the ground. I even managed to get a nice fat drippy drop on the window. His face went pale as he saw the biohazard scene unfolding all over his precious car. I even made him sign the form with a blood-smeared pen, though I gave him the opportunity to get his own. After he nearly caused an accident leaving the parking space, probably on his way to the car wash, I was then able to tend to my poor, abused knuckles and get ready for whatever else the day would bring. Never heard a single squawk from my boss or from corporate. Screw that guy. Well, as painful and as graphic as this experience is, it must have been surely a good learning tool for OP because, in that moment, I'm probably sure they realized the customer isn't always right. If you need it away from the curb to safely do your job, I think that's a hill you gotta die on. When it comes to lifting and working with things that weigh thousands of pounds of metal, you don't really want to mess around too much. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below.
And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.